Is it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Is it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on. Amen. Amen. God is good. Turn with me to Luke, the 15th chapter. Luke, the 15th chapter. And it's by the name of Jesus and by his blood. And we just thank God for his son, Jesus, and for what he did for us on the cross so that we can come. We just think we can come this morning and, and worship freely this morning and feel the spirit of God. And, man, I tell you, uh, when you feel that spirit of God working, you know that, uh, uh, that we're in his will. We want to look at the parable of the three sons this morning in Luke, uh, in Luke the 15th chapter. And as we look at this, this is a scripture that there's no telling that how many times it's been read and preached on in this church. And worldwide, you go worldwide, just how many times this scripture has been used about the prodigal son. And as we look at it this morning, I want us to look at it with open eyes and an open heart and let God speak to us this morning uh, through this scripture. And I think that we can all say that we have uh, been in this place at one time or another in our life. And I want to start with uh, verse 11, verse 11 in the 15th chapter of Luke. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living, or unto him, uh, them his living, the other uh, brother. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him unto the fields to feed the swine. And he would faint have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he had came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Uh, a great festival came here at the end of this, a great rejoicing. And we back up. I want us just to back up and look at this uh, son. Uh, I think if we all go back a lot of times in our younger days, in our teenage years, 
we all kind of felt like that we knew more than our parents did, and we was much more advanced than they was, and they was old fogies and all these things. And we've all been there. If you just be honest, you just have to say it one time or another, uh, and you probably even thought about running away from home to get away from mom and dad. Uh, you even thought about packing your bags and just running away and getting away. But we have all kind of been in these places, I think. And we see this younger son. And, and he wanted what was coming to him. So basically, he was saying to his father, I wish you were dead so I could get my inheritance. And, and he went to his father and asked for that. And so his father divided the living between him and his brother there of what was coming to them. And it says it wasn't many days till this younger boy gathered up everything and headed out and went to a far country. Now, let me tell you something. We don't have to go far to get into a foreign country. You can go across the street and be in a foreign country. When we allow the things of the world to come first and we go after those things and we desire those things, and we can just be uh, across the street and go into a far foreign country and get away from God, get away from family, and lose that fellowship. But this young boy went into a far country, and for a long time, as long as the money lasted, he was having a great time. I mean, he was partying. The Scripture tells us all the things that he was doing, and, boy, things was going good. He had friends on every corner. They was all there. I mean, boy, they was right behind him. They was right beside him. They was with him because he had the money, he was paying the bills, and they was enjoying themselves. And then one day that boy reached down into his pocket, and there was nothing left. Nothing left. His inheritance was all gone. I don't know how long it took him to waste all of that, but it was wasted and it was gone. Was his friends there to help him and support him? He thought that was his friends. No, they wasn't there. They was gone. His money was gone. They were gone. Had no use for him anymore because he'd been paying the bills. And so we see how that his life then begins to fall completely apart. Now, he never dreamed about this when he left the father's house. He thought he had enough money that it would last forever. And he could, he could just party. He could have a big time, do the things that he wanted throughout uh, the rest of his life. But it wasn't long till it all ran out and his friends ran out. He found himself feeding the swine. And I think this is talking about a Jewish boy. And for a Jewish boy to be feeding the swine, this was as low as you could possibly get because he had hit rock bottom. Uh, he had nothing. He had nothing to eat. His clothes was worn out. He'd probably been wearing the best clothes that money could buy, uh, eating in the best places that money could buy. And now he's down there eating slop with the hogs. Uh, I don't know how many of you have ever raised hogs and been around pigs, but boy, they can get they can get messy, and they can just get in that slop and waller in it and eat. And, and uh, there he was. He was down there with the pigs, uh, wallering in the mire and the mud and the field. And we see then he still had some reasoning about him. That wasn't gone yet. And he began to reason in his mind and he began to think about what he had left and how well that he had it back at his father's house. And he says, in my father's house, he said, the servants have got 
more to eat than they can eat. They've got shoes on their feet. They've got clothes. They've got a roof over their head. And he began to think on these things. And, and I'm sure that he was thinking, you know, and the pride had slipped in and the old devil was working on him and, and he was thinking about going back home. And, and the temptation was there, you know, well, what am I going to say? Uh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to go back to my father? After I've wasted all of this, how can I face my father? And so he comes to himself. He humbles himself here. And he decides to go back to his father's house. And I can just see this young boy on the way back, on the journey. I don't know how far it was. I don't know how uh, what they call a far country. But I've seen people, as we said on the start here, you don't have to go far. There's people right here in Cookville that was raised here and never been out of this town or still live here that's living in a far country because they left the way they was raised. They left their teaching and they went out into the world. And, and we we know that and we see that happening and they're in that far country as far as uh, their life is concerned and this boy started making his journey back and I think he was rehearsing and he was going back and thinking of what he was going to say to his father. How many of you have ever done something that your mom and dad told you not to do and you had to go back to them and apologize to them? We, we run that over and over in our mind and think about what we're going to say. How am I going to say this? And I can just see this young man with the things that's going through his mind. Will my father accept my apology? Will my father let me come back? And he says there uh, in uh, uh, verse 18, he says, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Brother, he was getting his priorities right now. And he was realizing that what he had done, how he'd sinned against his father, how he had hurt his father, and, and the way it, it, it uh, really disturbed his father. And so I think of the father there uh, waiting, and the father probably every day was going out and looking uh, to see if he could see that son coming back home and looking in the direction, you know, that he thought he might be coming. Day after day, day after day, waiting and looking longing for that son to come back home. And then it says, as he was making that journey back home, that the father looked out. And if you if you all have got kids, and you ever see your kid walking maybe a long distance off, and you see them coming, nobody has to tell you who that is. That's your kid. You recognize them. You recognize their walk. You recognize that as your son or your daughter, and that's them. And I think this father looked out, and it says he was still a, a great way off, and the father saw him. And what did he do? Boy, he could start getting his stuff together and telling this son, boy, you done this wrong, you done that wrong. You know how I feel. You know how many nights I've not slept. I'm wondering about where you was at. He could have made a long list of things. But it says the father run to meet the son. Had those arms stretched out and, and fell upon his neck and began to cry. And the son says, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. I have sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against my father. And he humbled himself. And the father didn't say a thing except go get the best robe and put on him. This is my son. 
put a ring on his hand, put shoes on his feet and put clothes and kill the fatted calf. My son that was lost has been found. My son that had gone away has come back home. And he was rejoicing and rejoicing because that son had made his way back home. And you know, it says, train up a child in the way it should grow. And when it is old, it will not depart from it. I think we teach them. We've got to teach them. That son remembered those things. Uh, He remembered the blessings that he had. He remembered the food that was on the table. He remembered the clothes he had. He didn't ask for all that. He said, just make me as a hired servant. But the father would not accept that. I'm not going to read the scripture, but there was another brother in the house. And that other brother was jealous. He wouldn't even call him his brother. You go down in the scripture and it says, your son, this your son, he didn't say my brother, has wasted all of this money and wasted all of his inheritance. And you're throwing a party from him? I think this is something that we leave out a lot of times in the scripture This was a son also, but he was jealous of that brother. That brother was in sin. That brother was out, and he was gone for probably uh, years. We don't know. We don't know how long, but he's come back, and the father's wanting him to rejoice. Folks, if we're not careful, we can see this in the church a lot of times. Have to be real careful because This prodigal son repented of what he had done. And he said, Father, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. He said, just make me as a hired servant. I've sinned. A lot of times there's people in the church that go out into the world and get into a far country and go a different way and get into sin and, and, and just waste their life. And, and, and we see people that do that. And then they come back to church. God accepts them back in. God receives them back in. But you know, if we're not careful, a lot of times we're like that brother. That brother said, I've been here all this time. And you've never thrown a party for me. You've never thrown a feast for me. And he said, son, everything I've got is yours. It's all yours. You've been here all along. You never asked. You could have had it. And I've heard people say, well, they won't make it long. Just give them a few days. Give them a little while. They'll be right back out there. When we should be praying for them and supporting them and lifting them up in our prayers. But I want us to look at that third son this morning. Some of you probably thought, that old preacher's made a mistake. He said there's three sons. There is three sons in this parable. There's the prodigal son. There was the jealous brother that was a son. But there is the son of God that breathed out this parable here, the son of God, that told this parable to these people. And I thank God that the Son of God, He came to this world. He left heaven. He left all the glories of heaven. He was in paradise. He he had it all there. And He left all of that to come to the pig pen, to come to the places of this world, to seek and to save those that are lost. And we leave this other Son out so many times. And I I thank God for that song. says, thank God that my name is written in heaven. And if your name's not written down in the book of life, 
life. I pray that this morning before you leave this auditorium that your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. It don't matter how rich you become. It don't matter how much money you've got. It doesn't matter how much education you've got. It doesn't matter what people think about you or you're the best person in the church. If your name is not written down in the Lamb's book of life, you will spend eternity in a devil's hell. And so we should be rejoicing this morning and Brother Tanner got a little taste of it this morning that his name is written down in the Lamb's book of life and we should be rejoicing. He told the disciples, said don't rejoice and don't brag because you can cast out demons and do all these things. He says rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the most important thing. We want our children to get an education. We want them to make good money and to have things and a lot of times we spoil them on the start by giving them everything before they get there and then when they get there and and they got to work for it they can't handle it but we want them to grow up and mature and and be a, a somebody but listen the most important thing they could have the best education they could go uh, to Tennessee Tech go to the University of Tennessee go on to other colleges and get those degrees and still die lost and go to hell the most important thing is that they know Jesus Christ as their Savior and they have been born again and that they are a child of His and their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The son, that third son that was willing to come and go to the pig pen where that boy was at and begin to convict that young boy where he had sinned and he had gone wrong and the Spirit of God moving and working he began to reason. He began to think, man, I made a bad mistake. I'm in a bad place. I didn't intend on being here. I didn't intend on this happening. I thought that money was going to last as long as I would ever need anything. But it ran out. It ran out. We can get in a far country real easy. And we like to look at this parable and look at that prodigal son and we think of people that have done that but then I want us to think of that second son that was so jealous he wasn't glad that his brother was back he wanted all the praise he wanted all the pats on the back I've been here all along dad and you've never done this for me that jealousy the scripture does not tell us that he ever began to rejoice that his brother had come back home. And I emphasize again that he never said, my brother. He said, your son is back. And he's wasted all of that. If we're not careful, we can get caught up in that. And I guess this parable this morning and this story is that we can get off in a far country real easy even by being a jealous church member or a Christian, jealousy is like a cancer. It'll eat you alive. It'll kill you. And if we feed that, it gets worse and worse and worse. This younger brother, yes. I mean, he went out into the world. He tried it all. I think he experienced everything that the world had to offer out there. But he hit rock bottom. Sometimes in our life, we have to hit rock bottom to realize how well we really had it. 
We have to hit rock bottom to realize where we're at. But I thank God for that third son, the Son of God, that was willing to come to this world, born in a manger in the barn with the cattle, probably some pigs there, sheep, goats, donkeys, cows. Instead of being born in that stainless, uh, no germs, uh, everything clean, uh, like in the hospital, he was born there in a manger. That was the creator of this world, that third son. And he was willing to come and go to that pig pen and convict us. I don't know about you, but I remember growing up and the things that I'd done that I shouldn't have done that my parents told me not to do. And we get out there and we do things that we shouldn't do. But I thank God that I was raised in a Christian home that my mom and dad taught me and they taught me where to go. And we had a drug problem at home because every Sunday I was drugged to church. Every Sunday morning, every Sunday night I was drugged to church. Every Wednesday night I was drugged to church. We had a revival and the revival went on for two weeks. I was drugged to church for two weeks. I was drugged, <laughs> drugged. Everybody else, my schoolmates, was playing ball and doing different things. Not at my house. Wednesday night in revival, we went to church. No matter what else was going on, we went to church. And I thank God for that. And in my life, when I got out there, that was always right here and right here in my heart that I was taught the ways of God. And I thank God for the Holy Spirit that was there to convict me when I got out there. Put up that red flag when I started to do something and to warn me of the danger of that. I thank God today that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I thank God that eight-year-old, I was eight-year-old, sitting that side of the church on that pew right there, and the Holy Spirit got a hold of me that Sunday. I didn't know what to do. Preacher preached about being saved, getting saved and not going to hell and being able to go to heaven. And at eight-year-old, I didn't understand it, but I went forward and I asked God to forgive me of my sins and to come into my heart. And you know what? At eight-year-old, I felt the warmest feeling coming over me I felt that. That was the Spirit of God moving and working. I thank God that he came to church on Sunday morning at Caney Park Baptist Church when I was eight-year-old. Now, let me tell you something. I wasn't always that. I was a, after I was 10-year-old, I was one of them uh, preacher's kids. And, you know, they run around with the deacon's kids, and they get into problems, and we do all these things. Uh, I've done a lot of things that I shouldn't have done that embarrassed my mom and dad. I wish I could go back and redo it, but I can't, and I did. i done those things, but I thank God for the third son that was willing to forgive me. I had to go to him a lot of times, and I still do, and ask for forgiveness. I was talking in our Sunday school class this morning about slipping and letting a word slip out that we shouldn't say. We're all human. We're in the flesh, and if we're not careful, that will happen. But in Hebrews, it says that we have an advocate with the Father, that when we do that, 
that we can come to him and ask for forgiveness. And he's always there. You know, it's the, the, the best wireless system available. Going straight to the throne of God. It's wireless system. <laughs> and boy, it's uh, unlimited time, unlimited minutes. I can go to the throne of God anytime and ask for forgiveness. The line is never busy. He's always just sitting there. He's waiting on me to call. <laughs> He's waiting on me to, uh, uh, to, to contact him. He's always willing to forgive me, and I thank God for that. I don't know. I, I tried to. Uh, this message had been on my heart all week, and, and I tried to change it, and, and I tried, and I got another one ready. But last night about 10 o'clock, it just, the Holy Spirit just moved on me again that I need to preach about the prodigal son. God knew who was going to be here this morning. And then I got into reading it last night, and I got to thinking about it, and I got to thinking of that second brother that was so jealous. And I don't know which way it fits this morning. You may be that prodigal son that's never come back and asked God to forgive you and come back and say, I'm sorry. Ask God to come into your heart. Ask God to forgive you. You may be uh, a church member. You may be a Christian. Uh, and, and just got out of fellowship. And when we get out of fellowship with the Father, I mean, the household, there was, they was tension there in the house because the younger brother had come back, and the father was throwing a feast because he was lost and he was found, uh, and he'd gone away and he'd come back. Then in the other room, the other brother wouldn't even come in. Maybe here this morning and... Somebody sitting on the other side of the church, and you wouldn't speak to them for nothing. No different than that second brother. I mean, we can look at the prodigal son, but we can look at that second brother too. And there's some things there that we need to examine our lives. And I just thank God for the third son, Jesus Christ, that gave this parable. And he's waiting with outstretched arms today. Don't matter where you've been, what you've done, how deep you've got into sin. And you may be a good moral person. And I know a lot of people like that. They're, they wouldn't say a, a, a dirty word for nothing. And they, they help the needy. Uh, they're faithful. They do all these things, but they've never accepted the Lord into their life. A good person, good person. But you know what? They're lost and going to hell. I held the funeral of a lady that had lived a wicked life, real bad. And her daughter had a hard time with it. She thought that her mother was going to heaven. She'd been living a man with a man for 40 years, never married the man partied all the time and the daughter said well mama is at home with the Lord it's hard for a minister that's preaching a funeral hey if your mother never got saved she's burning in hell there's a lot of good mothers there's a lot of good grandmothers and grandfathers that's lost and going straight to hell because they've never accepted that third son into their life and never asked 
for forgiveness and repented of their sins. That's the only way you're going to make it to heaven. There is no other way. There is no other salvation. It's one God, one Savior, one Lord, and one Holy Spirit. And you're saved by grace through faith. That not of your good works. Being good, yes, that's good. That's important. That we are a good moral person. But good moral people die and go to hell. So my invitation is this morning, the third son is waiting. He's looking out. He knows you. He's tucking, he's knocking on that heart's door this morning and saying, let me come in. Come back from that foreign country that you've been in. Let's fellowship together and we can have rejoicing today. It'd be a shame to live to be 80, 90, 100 years old and die and go to hell simply because you refused to humble yourself. Now that son could have said there, he could have stayed in the pig pen and he could have said, boy, if I go back, dad might accept me in. Dad might forgive me. Dad might give me one more chance. But he had to make an effort. He had to do something. It says that he arose and he started to the Father's house. Jesus was passing by one day, that third son, the same Jesus here, at a different time. There was a man by the name of Zacchaeus that wanted to see Jesus. He'd heard about him. And he was short in statue. And he ran and climbed up a tree. And Jesus come by and looked up and said, Come down, Zacchaeus. Today I must abide with you. Zacchaeus could have stayed in that tree and said, Well, he asked me to go home, uh, and he's going to go home with me. Uh, He could have went around and told everybody in town the Lord was going to go home with him, and he could have stayed right there in the tree. But Zacchaeus made haste. He realized, I think, that Jesus was passing by, This might be the last time that he would ever get to sin. He said, come home with Zacchaeus. I'm going home with you today. He's passing by today, and he's saying, I want to go home with you. I want to abide with you. You make the decision. The prodigal son made a decision. He come out of the pig pen, and he went home to his father. And his father throwed his arms around him. And kissed him and said, I loved you. I'm glad you're home. He'd never one time ask him what he'd done with that money or why did he waste it. He just put his arms around him. And if you come to Jesus today, he'll never ask you about that. He'll put his arms around you and he'll cover those sins with his precious blood while we stand. It's up to you this morning. You make that decision. While they're getting a hymn ready, the Holy Spirit is dealing with you. And I want you to know when we leave here today that your name's written down in the Lamb's book of life. You can know that. John says, these things that I write unto you that ye might know that ye are saved. We can know that. We can get a, a feel of that. Uh, like Brother Tanner did today. I mean, God, uh, at rejoicing, you, you get that uh, assurance. 
we'll just have a shouting and tear down meeting here this morning. Some prodigal son comes home. Would you bow your head? Our most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, pray that you will move now in a special and a mighty way. And that person that's sitting there gripping that seat that's holding on, that knows that they need to come, pray, Lord, that they'll turn loose right now and just start making their way down this aisle and asking the Father to forgive them. Lord, just bless, move, and work in a special and a mighty way in your precious and loving and holy name.